The Deluxe Edition Network, also known as The Den, is an incredible podcast network that offers a wide variety of entertaining and informative podcasts. With a lineup of shows covering various topics, such as interviews with a wide variety of guests, history, music, relationships, true crime, and so much more. The Den provides content that caters to a diverse range of interests. The hosts and guests on the Deluxe Edition Network demonstrate a deep passion and expertise in their respective fields, making each episode on each show engaging and thought-provoking. The network fosters a sense of community by encouraging listeners to interact through live chats, social media, and forums, creating an inclusive environment for discussion and sharing opinions. With its commitment to high-quality production, the shows in the Deluxe Edition Network continue to captivate and entertain its ever-growing audience. Whether you're a podcast enthusiast or someone looking to explore new topics, The Den is a fantastic platform to dive into and uncover fascinating insights from experts in their fields. The Deluxe Edition Network is the home of independent awesomeness. To find all these great podcasts in one convenient location, head over to DeluxeEditionNetwork.com. That's DeluxeEditionNetwork.com. This podcast is hosted by Buzzsprout. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message to the world. If you want an upgrade, Buzzsprout has tons of guides to help you find exactly what you need. We use Buzzsprout and it's a game changer for us. An all new analytics system helps us track who's listening to our show and where they're listening to it. If you'd like to use Buzzsprout as well, follow the link in our show notes to buzzsprout.com. And while you're there, let them know that Films and Fermentation sent you. <laughs> hey! If any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, I have one. I'd like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com.
Hey, everybody. Welcome to Films and Fermentation. This is our second in a series of Christmas specials. That's right. We are Films and Fermentation, a movie and alcohol podcast. I'm Leo. I'm Kevin. I'm Mike. That was very festive, Kevin. <laughs> well, I see, like, I'm Kevin. <laughs> I'm Kevin. I'm Kevin. We're three friends who like to talk shit about movies while getting shit-faced. In this very special Christmas episode... We travel back to a simpler time to recall the story of a man looking for a good old-fashioned family Christmas, starring Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, Randy Quaid, and Juliette Lewis. This is Films and Fermentation's deep dive into a 35-year-old holiday classic, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. This is episode 133. It is also our season finale, lovingly titled... Shitter's full. full. <laughs> a deep dive into Christmas vacation. Tis the season to be jolly. Fa la 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 la. After vacationing across America and throughout Europe, take it, Russ. This holiday season, the Griswolds are going to play it safe. Clark, we're stuck under a truck. Oops. They're staying at home. I give you the Griswold family Christmas tree. Hope you're not getting sap all over your sweater, Clark. All Clark wants is a quiet, old-fashioned Christmas. Sorry. Oops. Got a little knot here. You work on that. <laughs> what he's going to get is the gift that keeps on living. Merry Christmas. His family. We didn't come to impose. <laughs> oh, hell, there's plenty of room. Do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is, Mom? Well, I'm sleeping with your father. Have you got a kiss for me? Eh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. He's got a lip fungus they ain't identified yet. But no holiday could ever be more deeply touching. We were gonna call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. Ah, we're really gonna fly down the hill with this stuff. So genuinely moving. Can I refill your eggnog for you? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere, leave you for dead. More truly uplifting. Can I show you something? I was just blouse browsing. Or more down to earth. Merry Christmas! If Santa is smart, he'll stay well clear of this joint. It's a death trap. <laughs> then Christmas with the Griswolds. Everybody come out quick, look at the lights! They want you to say grace. <laughs> Pledge allegiance to the flag. The United States of America. This year, let Chevy Chase light up your holidays. <laughs> National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. That thing had nine lives. She just spent them all. <laughs> you woo, crack up. Again, like I said, this is our series, uh, season, sorry, not series, holy shit. Well, this God. is our <laughs> season finale for season seven. Uh, we'll be returning after the New Year's with the first episode of season eight. Uh, the actual date of that airing will be January 9th, 2024. So we'll see you in the future for our season uh, premiere. It should be the first season, first episode of season eight, which is going to be a return to one of our favorite topics, movies that time forgot. Uh, in the meantime, don't forget to drop us an email at filmsandfermentation.com at, at gmail.com. See what I did there? Don't forget. Forget. You know, 
trying to be witty, even though I'm like fucking it up. Or visit linktree.com slash films and fermentation. Find all our social media and podcast links. Become part of our films and fermentation family by supporting us on Patreon or visiting our merchandise store at teespring.com. Remember, we are now part of the Deluxe Edition Network. That is the Deluxe Edition Network, The Den. You can find out more information about The Den at deluxeeditionnetwork.com, as well as finding out more information about our podcast and the other podcast affiliates. What, of course, are we drinking this evening, gentlemen? I'll go first. (laughs) Go for it, Kev. I didn't get around to it last uh, episode, so uh, I've pulled out my mad elf. Uh, and you're, an angry you're elf. unfamiliar with my mad elf. Keep your mad elf in your pants. Yes, <laughs> it is a um, spicy Belgian uh, holiday brew. It's got uh, flavors of cherries and honey. It is uh, 11% alcohol by volume, and uh, it will fuck you up like you wouldn't believe. Yeah, it must be so. a Seth Pole elf. <laughs> He's an angry elf. He's an angry elf. Mike, what do you got going on this evening? I am drinking a nice glass of Nog Shine on the rocks. <laughs> so that would be the Old Smoky Moonshine Eggnog? Eggnog Moonshine, yep. <laughs> 17.5 alcohol by volume. Nice. <laughs> do you have to work tomorrow? Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I am doing a second... Uh, in the series of drinks I received as a gift. So in uh, our previous Christmas episode where we talked about the best Santa, uh, I received a bottle of Buffalo Trace bourbon from the principal at my school. (laughs) And I was drinking that during the show and it was really good. And I was feeling pretty decent at the end of the program because it was a 45% alcohol by volume bottle of uh, alcohol. Tonight. Hey, Molly, what's up? (laughs) <laughs> Tonight, I am drinking uh, uh, an alcohol that was given to me by my, my cousin-in-law, Sal. This one is Woodford Reserve Kentucky Straight Malt Whiskey Distillers Select. Shit. This is really good shit. You can see I heard it. Had, oh, had a- my sister-in-law gave that to me a couple years ago for Christmas. We just polished it off like yes. two weeks ago. You can see I've already hit this one a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's good shit right it's there. Very good shit. Yeah, it and is it's, good stuff. It is 45.2% alcohol by volume, so slightly more than the other one I was drinking the other night. So I have a, uh, a glass of ginger ale here I'm going to mix it with, but I have to give one to my homie first. <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah. All right. I put some hair on your chest. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. And I'm going to put the rest in my drink. My ginger ale here. <laughs> That was a lot. I just poured that fucking dinner. <laughs> I, I can see the label Jesus, without the dude. whiskey now. <laughs> He's only working half a day. Or yeah, I got to half day tomorrow. Half a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's good. All right. All right. Before we get to uh, this week in film history, we're going to talk about our end-of-the-year statistics according to Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. Holy shit, Batman. I know. Buzzsprout.com is our hosting platform. Uh, they distribute all our episodes for us across all the podcast platforms. If you uh, need a hosting 
platform for your own podcast, give Buzzsprout a, a, a gander and let them know that Films of Fermentation sent you. And as long here as you are. Tell do them the, that do a podcast about drinking and, and films. <laughs> Too late. Just don't do that. <laughs> so here are our statistics for the year 2023, according to Buzzsprout. Including many episodes, we published 53 episodes this year, averaging 1.02 episodes per week. <laughs> our audience uh, number grew, and this statistic is fucking fascinating to me, uh, 75,700% growth. <laughs> Well, I put some of our business ca- uh, business cards out at a Wawa near me. I'm, so. I'm sure that's what helped me because I, <laughs> I do that it. too. I drop them in the Wawa all the time. Seventy five thousand seven hundred percent. So basically, we went from one listener to seventy five thousand. So thank you to mm-hmm. everybody out there who helped us grow by seventy five thousand percent this year. And somebody if you think just, I'm joking, voice somewhere on that. Yeah, any, sure. yeah, if anybody out there listening to this, I'm wondering if this is British and it's supposed to be seventy five point seven percent. <laughs> that's you probably know, closer to use, accurate they use the comma they use the comma in britain instead of the 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 decimal point ah. uh but if anybody out there is listening and, and you, you doubt my veracity here check out our last uh, social media post you can see for yourself what buzzbrot said uh this one i thought was really cool these are the cities where we have been downloaded the most over the last year 125 downloads of our app of our show have come out of Council Bluffs, Iowa. Yes, it has. <laughs> Council Bluffs, Iowa is a hot spot on our listener map. Is uh, that where the former um, Ohio's Eve is from? Are they out that way? No, they're out. Oh. Uh, um, I believe they're in Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin, not yeah. Iowa. Okay. So Council Bluffs, Iowa. Uh, if you're listening to this episode, whoever you are out there in Council Bluffs, thank you for all the downloads. Thank you. And yes. thank more you. people download. Keep it up. <laughs> please, please, if you're listening to this, either email us or message us on one of our socials. Let us know what you like about the show or any other comment you might have. And I will give you a shout out on our season premiere if you do that for us. Whoever you are out there in Council Bluff, Iowa, that's my way of saying thank you. So Send us, us your address. We'll draw yeah. you a picture. <laughs> we'll use glitter and crayons. We can be we can be pen pals. We will be pen pals. We appreciate you. So here we go. Ready? Other notable cities. We had uh, 96 downloads this year in Frankfurt on Main Hess in Germany. My boys in Germany. <laughs> 41 downloads this year in Dublin. There we go. 40 in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Hey, hey. I believe Jeff's from that place. Hey. They fucking download us, okay? <laughs> 34 downloads in Seoul, New Jersey. I'm I wonder who those are. Yeah, I'm trying to add to my parents. That's where they live. <laughs> but I really like the Council Bluffs, Iowa one. It's really cool. Yeah, so anybody out there, if you're listening, please send us some uh, a message. We have been downloaded in 18 countries this year. Uh, Is one of them India? <laughs> yes, actually. It's, oh, not on our, it's not in our top five, but it's on there. No, um, top is, uh... Our top, obviously, is the United States, but then we also have Germany, Ireland, Sweden, and the UK. Nice. I know we have. I know we have a couple listeners in Scotland because uh, he he uh, the once the one listener reposts our stuff on Twitter all the time. Would that be considered the UK? Oh uh, yes, yeah, Scotland. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, so that would be UK, Ireland. Um, well, Ireland's British, separate here. Well, so. Wales. Wales, yeah. Except Ireland's right. listed separately on here. Oh. Our top episodes of the year are most downloaded I want to say thank episodes. you to those people in Wales. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your downloads. <laughs> <laughs> That's the we just lost all our listeners of Wales. That's the TikTok clip this week. <laughs> all right. Uh, our top episodes this year are most downloaded episodes. Uh, episode 128, filling in the plot holes. Episode 127, the Monster Squad. Episode 124, our birthday episode. Still hanging steady, even though we did this two seasons ago. Episode 98, loudly remembering the quiet, man. And, and surprisingly, the fifth most popular episode is episode 121, the career of Ron Howard. Hmm. Yeah, I was. I find that kind of interesting. And then here are uh, all the fun stats that I posted on our socials on the last page. Page here, seventy-five thousand seven hundred percent growth. <laughs> Eighteen Christ. countries, fourteen hundred and fifty downloads, and three thousand four hundred ninety-three total minutes of recording. That's a so, lot of recording time, boys. That's a lot of recording. We did that's not counting kind of the edited shit, right? That's that's just yeah, that's just what's published. That's not even counting like the stuff that I cut out. Um <laughs> so I mean we did There's 53 episodes and we, we average about at least an hour each episode, probably a little bit more. So Mike, anything happened this week in film history? Well, This week in film history, we should do the and rest. Took, of it. We oh. should we should talk it through the rest of the show like we come from Wales. Well, <laughs> well as you can see, there's a lot on my list tonight. <laughs> and this came from only two days this week. Fuck two days. First, fuck your first fact, by the way. Nineteen forty six Christmas classic. It's a Wonderful Life. Film directed by Frank Capra, starring James Stewart, Ron Donna Reed, and Lionel Barrymore, premieres in New York. For anybody Love out the there, uh, Barrymore's. for anybody out there new to the show, or you've been listening to the show but you haven't heard this before, I have seen more movies in my lifetime than I can possibly even remember. Even murdering dick movies. <laughs> I have seen some of the crazy. I even watched like two really fucked up movies this week. I have never seen It's a Wonderful Life. And at this point, it's become a point of pride. It's <laughs> at a point now when people say, you've never seen it? And I go, no. I do it because I love hearing people say, you've never <laughs> seen it? <laughs> You of all people have never seen never it. Never seen it? Like I know enough about it because it's been, you know, done four hundred times, done a million times on other shows and other ways, and it's been you know remade, soft reboots and shit. Like you know, I mean, I know the story. I just, as a point of pride, now I just refuse to say it. <laughs> Nothing against Jimmy Stewart, one of my favorite actors, but I, I could care less about this. Or Donna or, Reed, or Donna Reed, who had the Donna Reed show. Yes. She looks amazing in that movie. <laughs> she does. Uh, hit me with the next fact there, sir. In 1950, <laughs> Harvey, starring James Stewart, premieres in New York. 
Stop calling him James. James. It's Jimmy. Jimmy Jimmy Stewart. Stewart. Always Jimmy Stewart. Hey, I'm just James. I'm just, that's where they put it on the website. That's what I'm reading it from. Speaking of Jimmy I Stewart, I have seen Harvey. I like that movie. <laughs> this was on. This is four years later on the exact same day. <laughs> have, have you have you have you met my friend Harvey? <laughs> Next one's a good fact. In 1974, The Godfather Part Two, directed by Francis Ford Coppola, starring Al Pacino. And Robert De Niro is released Academy Award for Best Picture in 1975. You like this? Uh, another previous episode of ours. It's a pretty good episode. It's our 50th anniversary celebration of The Godfather. The 50th anniversary of The Godfather Part Two is coming up next year. So, don't remind me. <laughs> Hoo-ah. Hoo-ah. Uh, what's the next one you got there, sir? And yeah, well, this is only from two days from this week. Imagine yeah, I if I looked all week. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's this many fucking movies came out at Christmas. Yeah. Uh, in 1988, Working Girl premieres, directed by Michael Nichols, starring Melanie Griffith, Harrison Ford, and Sigourney Weaver. Very popular film at the time. It's one of my mom's yes. favorites. She thinks Harrison Ford is so handsome in that film. <laughs> had Joan Cusack in it, too, if I remember correctly. I think so, yeah. Like, small role. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the next one you got there, Mike? 1991, Father of the Bride, film comedy starring Steve Martin, Diane Keaton, and Martin Short premieres. The film is a remake of the 1950 vehicle for Spencer Tracy and Elizabeth Taylor. Uh, one of the few reboots I kind of like. Mm-hmm. Yes, and what I don't understand is you've seen Diane Lee or Diane Keaton. You see Steve Martin in that. They're only supposed to be forty-five. Yes, you know <laughs> that's how old they're supposed to be. In that yes, movie. they're only 45. supposed to be forty-five. Yes, he was uh, eighty-two and she was sixty-five when they filmed that's that movie. About right. <laughs> that's about right. It's about right. He's like one hundred and twenty now, doing uh, only murders in the building. Mm. And him and Steve Martin or Steve, uh, yeah, him Martin, and Short. Martin, Martin Short, Martin Short again, yeah, Martin Short. <laughs> you just gotta put it's them like two they're to- friends or something. You gotta put the two together to make it easier. You just say Steve Martin Short, Steve Martin Short. That works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the last one you got there for is Mike. Oh, I got two more. It's one of them in the next page. Yeah, oh one shit! Look at that. Go for it. <laughs> At nineteen ninety six, horror film classic Scream, starring Nev Campbell and. Courtney Cox is released. Uh, kind of reinvigorates the teen horror film genre for a mm-hmm. little while. Yep. yep. You, get a, you get a lot of copies after that. Like, I know what you did last summer. And I, I still know, know what you did last summer. I know who you did last summer and all those films. Yeah. <laughs> she did me last summer. No, I don't <laughs> What's the last Final one Destination. Here? Final Destination. Yeah. And. 2002, Gangs of New York, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, Daniel Day-Lewis, and Cam- Cameron Diaz is released. Did you say Leonardo DiCaprio? Yeah. No, DiCaprio. DiCaprio. He said it right. I heard him. No, I thought I heard DiCaprio. I was I was just thinking. No, I always there's... say that against, you know, uh, sucky com- uh, com- comedy actors that do, like, elf and shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, Mike's an angry elf. So <laughs> I was thinking as Mike was reading it, I can't believe that Martin Scorsese directed this film. <laughs> Such a weird film. Mm. 
Anybody see this one? Cameron Diaz has a very terrible Irish accent. In yes. It. <laughs> yes. No, I'm not seeing it. I, I've met to watch it a couple of times. I just never <laughs> sat there and watched it. I've seen it. Daniel Day-Lewis does an amazing job, as always. Again, it's like a, it's Daniel Day-Lewis being his you know usual method actor self. DiCaprio's I mean, okay. It's not one of DiCaprio's mm-hmm. best performances. Um, the visuals from everything Liam I've Neeson's seen. Got a very good. short I'm role. Like, yeah, oh, the, cin- the cinematography and it's incredible. It's, mm-hmm. it's amazingly, yeah. it's amazing looking film. It's just it's a strange film. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any must try beer? Craft destinations for this evening, Mike. I have a beer tonight because I went off the must tries because I was going to go with the holiday spirit. So I'm going to talk to you guys about Shiner's Shiner Holiday Cheer from Bullets Brewery Brewing Company, Shriner, Texas. The famous Texas brewery brews this winter seasonal as a dark Bavarian wheat beer of 5.4% alcohol by volume, but it's far from traditional. The brewery adds Texas peaches and pecans to the naturally spicy and bready Dunkelweizen base. This is quite a welcome departure from holiday beers. Dosed with baking spices and something wonderful, wonderfully odd happens along the way. The brilliant reddish chestnut brown beer smells like fresh strawberries. The flavors are nutty. The pecans definitely make a showing, and the palate weight is full and smooth. A delightful stocking stuffer. It's a bit nutty. It's a bit nutty. While you were doing your beer and craft, I have my cat over here rubbing up against me. I have a dog Ow. digging a hole to China <laughs> beneath my chair. All right. That brings us to synopsis according to Glip. Synopsis according to Glip is brought to you by Newsly.me. Newsly.me is an audio super app for iOS and Android that reads the news to you in a natural human voice. Stop scrolling. Start listening. Go to Newsly.me today and enter the promo code ANFERMENT to get your first month premium subscription for free. So for anybody new to the show, Glip is our recording program. Every week that we record, they give us an interesting synopsis of the show. And I try to parse out some of my favorite bits. So here is this week's synopsis according to Glip for our previous episode, which was the Santa Bracket, where we did a uh, tournament of the best Santa Claus in film and TV. Catman is drinking and Mike is yawning. Leo discussed the Bracket episode for best Santa Claus and the Golden Globe nominations. Leo spoke about the new category that the Golden Globes came up with this year. He said that the top three box office hits since 2001 were not sequels or remakes and did not spawn sequels and remake sequels. The participants discussed the original 34th Street Santa versus Mel Gibson and the Fat Man. Leo and Mike are discussing the bracket and decided to go with Ed Asner and Elf. Kevin thinks the field is the real winner. Always. <laughs> okay. Field is always the I real winner. I didn't yawn any more last episode than I do any other episode. What the hell has that? <laughs> well, Catman is drinking, obviously. Yes, the mic, the mic is, is yawning. Wasn't you yawning? It was us making fun of you for calling it Long Yawn. Long Yawn. <laughs> the Long John beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bracket episode is what it was about. I talked about Golden Globes a little bit. Uh, we talked about the box office hit uh, 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 fun fact that I had last week. 
Um, we all did our votes on the different Santa Clauses, and it ended up being uh, Edmund Gwynn from the original 34th Street, uh, Miracle for the 34th Street, who won the bracket. And uh, you and I were were like, <laughs> I think this was the one where I said, I'm going to have to disappoint you by taking Ed Asner from uh, over over uh, Paul Fries <laughs> yeah. in the one side of the bracket. And then, uh, of course, Kevin always thinks that the winner of every bracket is the field with Sean Bean. The field. <laughs> there was a lot more, but it not it wasn't all very interesting. So I, I kind yeah. of parsed it down as best I could. Uh, we're going to take a short break in a minute. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Squee Queen on TikTok. She commented uh, after our last episode that we forgot two people on our bracket. Uh, Bruce Campbell in The Librarians and Nick Frost in Doctor Who. So Nick Frost played Sansa in a Doctor Who Christmas special with Peter Capaldi. Uh, it's mm. it is one I kind of forgot. I mean, I probably could have put him in the place of Billy Bob Thornton and Bad Santa. I would think. Mm. Uh, the Bruce Campbell one and the Librarians, I'm not very familiar with because I've not watched the Librarian show. Mike, I know you've watched it a little bit here and there. I watched. I watched it when it was on. I haven't watched it since. So it's not like yeah. I'm so really like I looked up images from the episode, uh, and Bruce Campbell doesn't look like Santa. He's in like a business suit and stuff. So I think he's supposed to be like a corporate Santa or something like that. Mm. But I, I'm not. I'm not familiar with that episode. But uh, Scree Queen on TikTok, thank you for your comment. We appreciate the that you're listening to the show. So we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to play some promos from our uh, affiliates over at the Deluxe Edition Network. And then we'll be back with our main segment this evening, which is a celebration of the 35th anniversary of a Christmas classic, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Hey, this is Casey Shearer. And this is Ray. Do you like pop culture? We're pretty sure you do. Then come on over and check us out at deluxeedition.show. You will not be sorry. Or maybe you will be. I don't know. Hey, man, what's your bacon? I think you got to tell everybody what that means first. It's that extra side topping a main course in life that makes everything about your day even better. Whether it's movies, music, cooking, paranormal, video games, whatever it is that helps you unwind, maybe you can get a little bit inspired. We talk to hot new bands. We are Felicity. And this is Bradley from Emerosa. TV personalities. Hi, my name is Rachel Pizzolatto. Hi, my name is Patty Nagley. Wrestling personalities. Mm. Hi, everybody. I am Eric Bischoff. WWE Hall of Famer. Godfather here. Actors. This is Sean Kanan. Thank you for joining us. Hello, podcasters. Emo Social Club. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Schrader. Pretty much any like-minded creative across all facets of the entertainment industry. You can check out Bacon is My Podcast on all streaming platforms as well as the Strangerhood TV YouTube channel. New episodes dropping every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Listen in when we find the answer to the question What's your bacon? All right. We're back from our short break and I decided before we get into the main segment, I need to do a little compare and contrast. So the other night I did Buffalo Trace bourbon Tonight I'm doing Woodford Reserve whiskey. And well, yesterday which... at the party I had two things of Knob uh, Creek. It was a company party. And I need to decide which one I think is the better of the two, so I have them both here. I don't feel like dirty in a shot glass, so we're just going to lip it. 
Do they? How, how do they both smell? Because the smell of them is always what gets oh, smooth. <clears throat> That's a good one. The Woodward Reserve smells pretty. <laughs> yeah. So does the Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace smells nice as well. I, I got to try some of that Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace got a little bit of a bite to it. <laughs> well, it depends upon what you're trying to do. It's got a little bit more of a bite. The Woodford Reserve is, is very smooth. The Buffalo Trace, it's smooth on the back end, but has a little bit of a bite on the beginning. Um, okay. But it's good. They're both really good. I'll bring the Buffalo Trace over okay. on, uh, on New Year's and try it out. Cool. All right. This should be a good show now. <laughs> <laughs> I still have to work tomorrow. <laughs> I got to work with the Coast Guard tomorrow. <laughs> I got to work with children. <laughs> you got to work with children in the Coast Guard? You got to work with the Coast Guard, which uh, is pretty much children. I, children. <laughs> you know, like you, you work with children too. <laughs> yes. All right. So tonight's main segment is a look at the Christmas classic. I think at this point we can call it a Christmas classic. Uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, which came Christmas out in 1989, vacation. celebrating its almost 35th. I'm cheating a little bit. It's almost 35th year anniversary at this almost. point. Um, so let's talk about the film a little bit. So here's some uh, little general info about it. It's the movie about the Griswold family's plans for a big family Christmas predictably turning into a big disaster. That is the Beautifully rendered IMDb synopsis. <laughs> I'm gonna well, give you uh, no punches there, did they? No, they were they were like, here's what it's about. All right, let's look at the uh, longer synopsis we get at the end there. It's Christmas time, and the Griswolds are preparing for a family seasonal celebration, but things never run smoothly for Clark, his wife Ellen, and their two kids. I think I'm starting to slur <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Well, these are the this this one is the, has the most famous of the two kids in any other series. <laughs> uh, we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, Clark's continual bad luck is worsened by his obnoxious family guests, but he manages to keep going, knowing that his Christmas bonus is due soon. The tagline for the film is: "Now that you've survived the holidays, you deserve a vacation." That is bogus. That's a terrible tagline. <laughs> Here are the other taglines. You'll crack up. You'll spelled Y-U-L-E. <laughs> there's, no place, there's no place like home for a holiday. And the last tagline is have a perfect new year. <laughs> Those are all terrible taglines for this film. Well, okay, the perfect one is terrible unless you know what it's talking about. Yeah, like you have to know, like, like why would you use that as a tagline if you haven't seen the movie yet and you know that the cat gets electrocuted? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was directed by Jeremiah Jeremiah S. Chichik, uh, who doesn't have a very extensive IMDb career. <laughs> it was written by John Hughes. Uh, produce, it was so John Hughes wrote the first two vacation films, mm-hmm. and he had to be like talked into doing this one. He didn't want to do it, but you know it was Chris really? Chris Chris Columbus was the producer on it. Uh, they wanted him to direct, but he, he wanted him not. To, yeah, he didn't direct it. He ended up directing Home Alone, which is also uh, John Hughes' film. Mm-hmm. Uh, so John Hughes and Chris Columbus uh, did that one. 
and they were having a hard time getting a director to come in because Chevy Chase is so like notoriously Impossible. hard to work with. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they got this guy, Jeremiah S. Chichik, who who I guess was sort of like just a easy <laughs> stone to pass for, for, for Chevy Chase, I guess. So the movie stars Chevy Chase as the beleaguered Clark Griswold, Beverly D'Angelo as Ellen Griswold. In this film, his children are played by Juliet Lewis as Audrey and Johnny Galecki as Rusty. Uh, Juliet Lewis will go on to have an Oscar-nominating career. Johnny Galecki's biggest uh, success so far has been on the uh, Big Bang Theory, I would say. And Roseanne. Uh, and Roseanne. Roseanne. But probably Big uh-huh. Bang Theory now is, is more mo- as the more bigger, modern yeah. success. Yeah. Um, I think, like you said, Mike, these are... I don't know if they're the most famous. Are they the best? <laughs> of the children who have, of the actors who have played as children, yeah. So yeah the, first, so. the first film, yeah. uh, Anthony Michael Hall played his son in the first film. He did. Uh, no, that's Anthony Michael Hall, Breakfast Club, all that stuff. And yeah. I thought he was a pretty good Rusty. The Juliet Lewis, I think, is the best of all the Audreys, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean Johnny well, Lecky. Johnny Lecky's pretty good, but I don't know. So yeah, but I can't see her doing European vacation and getting groped like the other one did. So. <laughs> Well, the other running joke is that the kids change age every movie. Yes. <laughs> you know, they switch places all the time. Rusty's older in one, Audrey's older in the other. Uh, you also have Diane Ladd playing Clark's mom. Uh, Dol- Doris Roberts, best known for uh, Everybody Loves Raymond, playing uh, Beverly mm-hmm. D'Angelo's mom in the film. E.G. Marshall plays Beverly D'Angelo's father. He was uh, also in uh, Christmas Story. Yes, he was. He was Ralphie's dad. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then you have John Randolph as Clark Griswold Sr. And I I learned something interesting about him this week that I didn't know. So John Randolph was a fairly uh, popular actor in the 50s who okay. refused to testify at the House Un-American Activities Committee with McCarthy. Okay. And because he refused to testify, he was blacklisted, he was blacklisted. For, 15, for 15 years. I believe it. Uh, didn't work again until 1966. And I forgot the name of the director who hired him in 66, but the director was a guy who would like went out of his way to hire actors who were blacklisted to try to help them revive their careers. Good so a- after, after that, he went on to like what 40 years of playing like character characters and millions of films. So, right. Uh, Randy Quaid, of course, is cousin Eddie. And as we've <laughs> learned recently, Randy Quaid pretty much is not much different from cousin Eddie. <laughs> he wasn't acting so much. as just showed up. It just showed up. Yeah. Uh, some other notables in here, Miriam Flynn as cousin Eddie's wife, Catherine, uh, William Hickey as uncle Lewis mm-hmm. and May Questel as Bethany. May Questel was the voice of Betty Boop and Olive from Popeye. Yep. And this was her last acting role before she passed. Uh, you also have, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus as Margot, the next door neighbor. Yep. Her husband very Todd. Early is, role for her too. Very early role for mm-hmm. her. Her husband Todd is played by Nicholas Guest, who I learned recently is the younger brother of Christopher Guest, who plays Count Rugen in The Princess Bride, mm-hmm. uh, and was in uh, uh, Spinal Tap and all these other like you know movies like that. And Nicolette Scorsese, who was a supermodel at the time and dating Sean Penn, <laughs> plays Mary, the uh, uh, lingerie store clerk. Not related to Martin Scorsese. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like I said, written by John Hughes. 
Where do you rank this among the vacation films? I'm not counting Vegas Vacation because that sucked ass. But like Vegas or uh, original vacation, European in this one. I put this at number two because I really? think the original without the original one, you wouldn't have the rest. I agree. With the original is yeah. going to be the one. It's always going to be number one for me. That makes sense to me, Kev. I'd say this is number one for me because it's the only one I want to see every year. Okay. I would say this is number one for me because it's the one I've seen the most. Um, I've seen the original vacation numerous times as well. European is the one I've probably seen the least. Really? Uh, yeah, and it's had, it has some funny moments, but I feel like the original... I'd rather watch uh, European vacation over Vegas any day of the week. Oh, well, I watch that over Vegas any day, too. <laughs> I watch Freddy get fingered over Vegas vacation any day of the week. I just... I just Look, it, you know. Big Ben. Big Look, Ben. Big ben. <laughs> I think the funniest part of that is when they go to the German family's house. He thinks it's his relatives, and they're not. <laughs> um, but I, I like I. It's, to me, it's it's third on my list. It's probably the one I've seen the least. Uh, yeah. Let's take a look at some trivia here before we get into the fun shit. Uh, <laughs> after failing to get the Christmas lights to work one last time, so it's the scene where he's trying to get the lights to work and he gets angry. Oh. Starts taking his frustration out on the plastic decorations in the front yard. During that scene, Chevy Chase actually broke his pinky finger while punching Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. He resorts to (laughs) kicking and clubbing the decorations soon after. The film kept rolling, and that is the take that is used. So in that take, he's actually breaking his finger. Uh, The shoes that Cousin Eddie wears in the film are the same ones that he gave to Clark as a gift in the original vacation film. Uh, I already said this is the final film for Mae Questel, who began her career as Betty Boop. Uh, it's rumored that Clark's rant about his boss, Mr. Shirley, was ad-libbed. While this is somewhat true, cast members not on screen who were facing Chevy Chase had signs hanging around their necks that had words written on them. And some of these were the adjectives that Clark used to describe his boss in that scene. The old Dodge pickup truck uh, that tailgates Clark at the beginning of the film uh-huh. Was, also, was also used in Overboard in 1987, and they live in 1988. <laughs> so that, that truck had a three-year three year run of being in movies. Being in movies. <laughs> wow. wow. Uh, before cameras rolled, we had just talked about this. Director Chris Columbus came to the realization that he could not work with Chevy Chase. So even though he I've heard that a lot, though. Yeah, I've heard it a lot over, yeah. over the years, too. Even though he desperately needed the job at that point in his career, he decided to quit the project. Uh, but John Hughes brought him into direct Home Alone, which became a massive hit a year later, uh, earning over six times the amount of money that that Christmas Vacation earned. Uh, near the end of the film, Rusty says, I told you we should have gone to Hawaii in the first vacation film when asked where in the world he would like to go most. That's what he says. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to skip a few of these. Some of these aren't, that, aren't all that uh, interesting. Oh, I like this one. A deleted post credit scene would have had the blow mold Santa sleigh that's blasted into the sky by the sewer explosion crashing into Todd and Margot's bedroom after Todd makes a Santa Claus joke before falling asleep. <laughs> I think you can see that on one of like the uh, like DVD special editions or something. Uh, Margot let him back in the house? <laughs> no, that's the thing. I think that's probably why they cut it out because there's no way they were getting back together after that last scene. <laughs> Uh, she said to, he could come in if he could break down the door. If you break down the, the cops, cops broke down the door. 
According to Randy Quaid, many of Cousin Eddie's characteristics, most notably the clicking of the tongue, were based on a guy that Quaid knew from where he grew up in Texas years ago. Yeah, named Dennis Quaid. Yeah, named, Dennis Quaid, named, <laughs> named, Randy, named Randy Quaid, Quaid looking at your... <laughs> I get my Quaid's mixed up every once yeah. in a while. Uh, when Clark and Ellen discussed their concerns over Eddie and Catherine not having any Christmas par- uh, presents for their kids, Ellen says that Eddie has been holding out, uh, has been out of work for close to seven years. In Vacation, 1983, Eddie mentions that being laid off from an asbestos factory, which would have been nearly seven years before this movie takes place. Uh, when Clark and Eddie are talking in the living room, they're drinking eggnog out of Wally World mugs. They are. <laughs> I love his uh, Tasmanian Devil coffee mug that he drinks out of in the office. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see what else we got here. The movie was based on a John Hughes short story called Christmas 59, the second vacation story to be published in National Lampoon's magazine. The first was Vacation 58, which was the basis for the original vacation movie. The Christmas story was printed in December 1980. The label on the home movie reel that Clark found in the attic was labeled Christmas 59. However, when later watching the home movie, keen-eyed observers can see that it says Christmas 1955 on the film reel. Uh, although it takes place in Chicago, it was shot in Burbank on a studio lot. No big surprise there. But I think they also their exterior shots and some of the uh, some stuff they did was in uh, Colorado. Yeah, I think that's when they were looking for the tree earlier in the film. When they were looking for the tree, and when they were doing the sled scene. I mean, because I'm no expert, but I'm pretty sure there's no mountain ranges in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> only only two Christmas themed movies came out in 1989: Prancer and this film. Johnny Galecki was in both of them. <laughs> the term Griswold House soon became part of the American and Australian vernacular to describe a house that is overly decorated in a gaudy fashion to observe Christmas. Uh, Kevin and I have seen the actual Griswold House here in New Jersey. There's a, a house not far from where we live that decorates their house like the Christmas vacation house every year. Oh, yeah, with the trailer uh, and everything. Down to the trailer oh. in the driveway and animatronic Clark and Eddie's in the lawn. <laughs> I'm interjecting a trivia point because you're talking about houses here. If you watch the uh, uh, Clark Griswold watching the the you know family reel in the attic, mm-hmm. um, the the house that. Uh, he grew up in the one that you see in that reel is from Bewitched. Molly, stop it. <laughs> additionally, 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 the Griswold house is uh, the house from uh, Lethal Weapon. It was uh, Donald Danny Glover's house. Oh wow, the mm-hmm. one where he gets uh, the, he's on the toilet when the bombs in the house. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> the uh, it's the back lot to uh, Warner Warner Brothers Studios. Yeah. I'm assuming that if you like looked into it, then it probably was the house in a lot of different movies. Then at that point, yeah. probably yeah. And most of the snow that you saw was uh, either you know just artificial or uh, uh, chip marble stuff like that. So this one's interesting. Despite acting as the husband and wife duo of Aunt Bethany and Uncle Lewis, Meg Questel was 19 years older than her co-star William Hickey. She was 81 years old at the time, and he was only 62. Boy, he was a fucking old looking sixty two. Yeah, <laughs> Jesus. It's uh, the yeah. only only vacation movie not to feature the Lindsey Buckingham song "Holiday Road." 
That means that it's, uh, its theme song is pretty uh, classic now. Christmas vacation. Yeah. Lewis and Bethany were based on George Burns and Gracie Allen because it was originally hoped that George, George Burns would play the role of Lewis. That would have been cool. Uh-huh. Uh, let's see. I'm going to just go down here a little bit more. Molly, stop. Eating the damn Clark carpet. tells Audrey at the beginning of the film that he already has a Santa tie at home. He can be seen wearing this in the last scenes of the film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Diane Ladd, who played Clark's mom, Nora, is only eight years older than Chevy Chase. <laughs> in fact, Chevy Chase is halfway between the ages of Diane Ladd and Beverly D'Angelo, who plays his wife. <laughs> <laughs> he was 46 when he did this film, I think. And how old was Beverly D'Angelo? So she was born in 51, and this came out in 89, so she would have been 38 at the time. Oh, wow. (laughs) Uh, John Hughes was asked if he wanted to write a new vacation film. He said, we only do it if it had a good story, uh, as by this point, the series became a Chevy Chase vehicle and not one about the family so much. Uh... And I think I'm going to move on from there because it's a lot more stuff, but it's it's There's a lot of trivia, a lot of trivia. Not all of it is very interesting. No, we, we've, we've covered a few things like the fact we've that the covered kids a few things, ages yeah. and, and all mm-hmm. that stuff. Um, May Questel's final performance as Betty Boop was the previous year in Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Very, very. But I still got it, Eddie. Boop, boop, uh, <laughs> so let's see here. Yes, let's go to favorite scene slash quotes. Can I just put down the whole movie as my favorite scene? <laughs> uh, let's 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 start from the beginning. <laughs> uh, they're out in the woods looking for the tree. <laughs> No, you don't want to talk about the truck that's going underneath the truck. So underneath the truck driving. Don't you love this tree, Audrey? She can't see it right now. Clark, her eyes are frozen. I'm pulling up some of the quotes now. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Kiss my ass. ass. Kiss Kiss your ass. Happy Happy Hanukkah. (laughs) Hey, if any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me, (laughs) I have one. I like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here, the big ribbon on his head. I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-faced, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit. Where's the Tylenol? (laughs) (laughs) And our listeners should know. He did not read that. That came off his head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he knows that line. But I, I, I'm sure I've told the story before about how I had that as the ringtone on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> it was back when I was teaching high school. I had it as a ringtone on my phone, and I forgot to turn the ringer off one day, and it went on off in class. 
And I immediately went into I'm smarter than my kids mode. And I spun around on the class and went, whose phone is that? (laughs) (laughs) And they were terrified. (laughs) I miss that sometimes. I like this one. Hey, Griswold, where do you think you're going to put a tree that big? Bend over, I'll show you. You got a lot of nerve talking to me like that, Griswold. I wasn't talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) My, uh, I do this a lot with the principal at school. <laughs> what are you going to do about it, Todd? I don't know, Margo. Margo. <laughs> Margo. <laughs> What's surprised? that sound? You hear it? It's a funny, squeaky sound. <laughs> you couldn't hear a dump truck driving through a nitroglycerin plant. <laughs> <laughs> you surprised? Surprised, Eddie. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. You beat me to it. That is my favorite line in the entire film. <laughs> I love that fucking line. It's so like, like everybody loves their rants or they love like this or that. Like, I love when he said, if I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> I love this one too. This is when they're sitting at the dinner table. He's like, hey, kids. I heard on the news that an airline pilot, pilot spotted Santa's sleigh on its way in from New York City, and Eddie looks at him and goes, you serious, Clark? <laughs> Clark, I think it's best if everybody went home before things get worse. Worse? How could things get worse? Take a look around here, Alan. What a threshold of hell! <laughs> When Santa Claus sticks his fat ass down that chimney, he's going to see the hap, hap, happiest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. Also, <laughs> <laughs> when he says, uh, we're going to have the happiest Christmas since Pink Crosby danced with Danny fucking K. <laughs> 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 uh, hey, Eddie, can I refill your eggnog for you? Get you something to eat? Drive you out to the middle of nowhere? Leave you for dead? <laughs> Uh, come and give me a kiss. I, I hold off. On, I, I get a rain check on that. He's got a lip <laughs> fungus they haven't identified yet. <laughs> <laughs> that whole scene where he shows up for the first time, because that's where you get the uh, the headstone to the carpet thing. That whole scene is fucking gold, because that's the, what happened to her eyes? She falls down a well, eyes go cross, she gets kicked by a mule, go right back together. I don't know what, I don't know. <laughs> You mind if the kids stay with you? Because uh, Catherine and I can use a little bit of alone time after all this driving. Hurry up, honey. Go get the rubber sheets and the gerbils. <laughs> <laughs> this is our pride and joy. Knots. <laughs> yeah, we call him that because he got a little bit of a sinus condition. I'd tell you what line cracks me up all the time, too, is when he abducts the boss and the wife is on the phone with the police. And she was like, he was a big, barely bulging man. <laughs> and, uh, the scene I like is when the the boss's wife is at the house. And she's like, nice. Welcome to our house. And he put, she puts the hand back in his crotch. <laughs> so that was that was on the that was one of the trivia things I forgot. I, I, I left off. That I should have mentioned was. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo ad libbed that, and and they thought it was, it was so take, funny. Wasn't it? it was one take. They left that take in because it was it was they thought it was really funny. It was the only take that they did with that. Yeah, especially <laughs> where she reaches across, shakes the hand, and then puts it right back. I got a crotch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for about an hour and a half or so. <laughs> See, remember that plate I got in my head, Clark, right? <laughs> so, yeah, they had to replace it. Every time Catherine turned on the microwave and pissed my pants, forget who I was for Now it's plastic. So, like, you know, like here, like, nothing. But if, <laughs> but if I dent that, my hair is just going to look funny. <laughs> 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 Ruby sued a little girl. Rocky shitting bricks. You shouldn't say that word. I'm sorry. Shitting rocks. <laughs> <laughs> what are you looking at? Oh, the silent majesty of a winter's morn, the clean, cool chill of the holiday air, an asshole in his bathrobe, emptying a chemical toilet into my sewer. Shatter's full. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. You check our shitters, honey. <laughs> His sarcasm is the best part of the fucking movie, man. The little lights—they aren't twinkling. I know, Art. Thanks for noticing. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> Don't throw me down, Clark. Try not to. No, try not to, Bethany. Is your house on fire, Clark? <laughs> Rusty still in the navy. <laughs> Eddie, why don't you go in the living room and, and, and have some eggnog? Okay. Come on, boy. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Let's go find your sister. <laughs> Dad, this tree won't fit in the won't fit in our backyard. It's not going in the yard, Russ. It's going it's in going the living house. <laughs> it's going in the living room. Why is the carpet all wet, Todd? I don't know, Margo. No. That's a great couple sweatshirt for uh, Christmas time. Yeah, I know. I've seen that a few times around. <laughs> hey, Grizz, Bethany and I figured out the perfect gift for you. Oh, you didn't have to get me anything. Damn it, Bethany. He guessed it. <laughs> hey, Grizz, if you're not doing anything constructive, can you go in the living room and get my stogies? <laughs> anything else I can do for your Uncle Lewis? Please, Clark, he's an old man. This could be his last Christmas. If he keeps it up, it will be his last Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> that cat had nine lives. He just used them all. <laughs> burnt spot on the carpet. What's that smell? Burnt pussy cat. <laughs> Where's Eddie? He usually eats these goddamn things. Not recently, Clark. He read that squirrels were high in cholesterol. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this movie is so fucking amazing. <laughs> Look, I'm like, there's so many. There's, it's a movie. There's like something quotable in almost every goddamn line, in every scene. Like I don't know, I don't know, like where to go next. <laughs> Where's the? Oh, here it is. Uh, I was just your company kill all them people in India not too long ago. Yeah. Nope, I missed out on that one. <laughs> I love in that scene, he's throwing the giant bags of dog food on the cart. Yeah. And it's like bag after bag after bag. And then Chevy Chase puts a box of light bulbs down. And he throws another bag on top of them. Yeah, I mean, he's getting also, I'm like, I just like, why did he get all that dog food? He's got, go, he's got one dog. <laughs> I just wish Catherine and I hadn't given all our money to that preacher who was screwing a hockey player. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like when he's shopping and he sees the, the hot girl at the counter. Oh, I was just smiling, smiling. I was just blast browsing. <laughs> For your wife, Bird your time. girlfriend. What? What happened? What? Uh, I guess whew, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be Christmas shopping season and the stores were any less hotter than they are. Oh, is it warm in here? Well, you have your coat on. Oh, do I? How did that happen? 
because it's cold out. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. It's a bit nipply out. I mean nippy. I mean nippy out. <laughs> Did I say nipple? <laughs> it's a nip in the air though. <laughs> oh, this, I have it on here. Yeah. It doesn't show the lines. Look, see Rusty, Rusty, you see the lines? Nope, that. Nope. No, yeah. she goes. It's the season to be merry. Well, that's my name. No shit. <laughs> Mom, do you sleep with your brother? Do you know how sick and twisted that is? Well, I sleep with your father. Don't be so dramatic. <laughs> burn some dust here. Eat my rubber. Dad, I think you mean burn rubber and eat my dust. Whatever, Russ. Whatever. <laughs> oh, Aunt Bethany, you shouldn't have done that. Oh, dear. Did I break wind? <laughs> Jesus, did the room clear out, Bethany? No. Present. She meant you shouldn't have brought present. <laughs> uh, so let's get back to the scenes then while we're over here quoting everything. <laughs> what? What is... Oh, man, there's so many fucking good ones. What's your favorite scene in the film, you think? Like, overall favorite scene. I, mean, I still think it's the picture. It's, it's the bird out spot of the cat. <laughs> you're like, makes me laugh. You're like the test audience because the studio wanted to take it out, and after they showed it to the test audience, the test audience said, "No, leave it in. It's hysterical." <laughs> it's hysterical. I don't. I don't need any say anything about the nine lives. It's just the burnt spot of the cat. There. Just... <laughs> I think mine is. Oh my god. Even though it's totally ridiculous and totally implausible, one of my favorite scenes is the sled scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where he puts the lubricant on the sled to make it go fast. It's like such a ridiculous scene because like he's going through so many different landscapes that really shouldn't mm -hmm. be there to end across a highway into a Walmart. <laughs> Walmart parking lot. Same Walmart where he went shopping later. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that one's great and I think I like the dinner scene when Aunt Bethany starts saying the Pledge of Allegiance. <laughs> mm -hmm. I like the decorating scene just at the end where he's trying to get everything lit up mm -hmm. and everybody keeps turning the light switch on and all these fucking extension plugs. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that's very that's everything a, they tell you not to do is done there. That's very 80 safety right there. <laughs> right? <laughs> I uh, It's funny. So I watched it. Like I said, I watched this three times this week. And I watched it once uh, on a channel where it was unedited. You know, so I got all the cursing and the good stuff. Yep. And then I watched it once on that Christmas Plus app that, that Katie found. Mm. It had the weirdest commercial breaks I have ever oh, seen on a channel. A lot of them have those things. Yeah. This, no, but he, there was a commercial break. When he's on the ladder hanging up the lights and the ladder starts falling, commercial break halfway through the ladder fall. <laughs> and then there was a commercial break halfway through the rant. <laughs> how do you break that up and then i watched it it was it was on live on one of the like tbs or one of those stations so it was like the edited version <laughs> well at least they put the commercials let me, in there let me places. tell you a, a little story real quick about a weird commercial break mm -hmm. the other week i just had one of the channels on and they were they were playing the lord of the rings mm -hmm. and they put a commercial break right as Boromir pushed the sword up and they went to commercial. <laughs> Didn't even go, I will follow you, my brother, my king. They cut they, they cut the commercial before that part of the thing. Did they at least go back like, to the line fucking... after the break? <laughs> yes, they're like, Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, like, how do you break it there, man? 
I'd say uh, what's another good scene is the uh, is the is his uh, daydream or nightdream, whatever you want to call it, about the swimming pool with the Melakalicky Mucka playing in the background. I don't know. I really did not need to see Quaid <laughs> in a speedo <laughs> with the, with the with tank top Yeah, under tank top sucked into a speedo. Or earlier in the film when they're drinking eggnog in the living room and he's wearing a, a, a like a white a sweater with a black dicky underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. It's a great quote in that scene too, where he's talking about his other kids and he's like, "Where are the older kids at?" And he goes, "Ah, oh, the daughter's in the clinic getting cured off the wild turkey. The turkey son's planning on his career. Oh, college carnival." <laughs> Must be proud. <laughs> yeah, last year he was pitching bark on the uh, pitching bark on the tilt tilt the world. This year he's barking for the yak woman. <laughs> Ever seen her? Ever seen her, Clark? Uh, Ugly little thing, got a horn growing outside of her head. Hell of a cook. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Kev, do you have a favorite scene? I think we took them uh, all. <laughs> yeah. The movie. You guys probably took. Yeah, the whole movie. But Kev uh, likes the, the uh, animated series in the beginning. <laughs> the department store with yeah, the uh, with probably. the nipply outside thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yeah, you like the animated film at the beginning too, with Santa mm-hmm. Claus. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! So, age best will, and worst here. I will. Uh, I'm gonna let the audience. I told you guys earlier, but I'm gonna let the audience hear it. Um, Clark Griswold is a human version of Goofy. Oh yeah, in half this movie. <laughs> it's yeah. Even even when the sentimental, he's watching. You, you know, you can see it happen. He's watching the movies. And the door opens and he falls. I'm like, that's such a goofy move. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's there's a lot of like physical comedy and Pratt falls on top of uh-huh. you know the vocal comedy as well, right? And uh, and that was a Chevy Chase thing. Like he was that was something he did on Saturday Night Live all the time. You know, was right. the, the, the physical comedy. What is anything that has aged worst or best from the movie to you? So. I think one of the things that have aged the best for me is that even though it's a goofy comedy and there is the physical humor and all that stuff, the movie does have a lot of heart. It does. Because it, it is about mm-hmm. a man just who just wants the perfect Christmas, you know, celebration. Well, I think that's, that's also the feel that thing behind a lot of the, the vacation movies is mm-hmm. the heart of Clark and wants his family to Despite have nice Despite the fact vacation. that he is one of the horniest men to ever exist. <laughs> that, that too. <laughs> Not only that, I mean, it's not touched on often, but he's he's taking over the role of hosting Christmas from, it seems like he's taking it over from his father. You know, he's, yeah. he's trying to make this perfect Christmas for his family, and it seems like this may be the first time, which is why it's so important well, to him. He did mention later in the movie with his dad, he goes, all our holidays seem to be all screwed up. How'd you get through it? And his dad mm-hmm. goes, Jack Daniels. Yeah, yeah. Or well, so, that's, yeah, but he also asks he also asks his dad if he's going to read uh the night before Christmas. He right. goes, "No, I'm retiring. It's your 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 holiday now." You know, so right. I was going to say that because that that was another one of those like sentimental, heartfelt moments in the film. Where it's like you know, he's reading it, and but then that also leads into a great scene too, because like he's reading the Nightmare Before Christmas, and then Eddie pulls up on the on the driveway with the RV with his boss tied up with the bow on it wrapped around him. He's reading um, the, the Nightmare the night- Before Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's reading the Night Before Christmas, not the Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> the Jelly in a Month Club. Clark it's and Eddie. Like like yeah, 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 you're, right. <laughs> uh, you're right, Eddie. I think, 
if anything aids badly in this film, <laughs> I don't know. Probably how horny he is. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, he's the epitome yeah. of midlife crisis horny. I, I don't know, man. Like, you got Beverly D'Angelo at home, who was who's a fucking yeah. smoke show. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, does it um, hold up today? I would say yes. It's thirty five years later. We're still talking about it. It's definitely mm-hmm. a classic at this point. I think. Yeah, they're playing it twenty four hours now on TBS, like they do a Christmas story. So. I'd watch that 24 hours before I watch the yeah, seal of approval. <laughs> All right. If you had to give an Oscar to one person in this movie, who would it be? Are we all gonna go ahead, Michael? Bethany. Who? Bethany? Bethany? It's Bethany. Aunt Bethany. That's what I was gonna say. Really? Yeah. I was gonna say Randy Quaid. Oh, come yeah. On. No, Aunt Bethany. Aunt Bethany. Because she man. was funny from dark because you didn't know what she was gonna do. Come yeah. on. Yeah. That's supporting actors right there. I did not see that coming, man. I, I mm-hmm. had I had Eddie all the way. <laughs> no. I had, Eddie, I had Eddie all the way. We want you to say Grace. I pledge to allegiance <laughs> to Grace. She died 30 years ago. Yo. Grace. All right. I gotta I gotta look up the Oscars in nineteen ninety now just so I can see who the supporting actress was. I already had this queued up for supporting actor because I was going with Randy Quaid. Because <laughs> uh, the supporting actor winner that year was Denzel Washington for Glory. Oh yeah! Could you imagine the outrage of Randy Quaid? <laughs> so let's see who was the winners that year for supporting actress. Here we go. Yeah, but it would be supporting actress in a comedy. So, so the nominees that year were Diane Weist for Parenthood, Julia Roberts for Steel Magnolias. Lena Olin for Enemies, uh, Angelica Houston for Enemies, and the winner was Brenda Fricker for My Left Foot. Bethany could have won. I think <laughs> I think May Questel had a chance there. <laughs> <laughs> could have been a, a career Oscar for her too, since she was Betty Boop for all those years. <laughs> so the rockets, uh, red Wait, here we go. Here, here are the uh, supporting actors that year. It was Martin Landau for Crimes and Misdemeanors, Marlon Brando for A Dry White Season, Dan Aykroyd for Driving Miss Daisy, Danny Aiello for Do the Right Thing, and Denzel Washington won for Glory. I think we could have taken Dan Aykroyd out and put uh, Randy Quaid in there for, or, in, for supporting actor. <laughs> I also think uh, you could have gave it to John Hughes for screenplay. Mm. <laughs> Screenplay based on a on a on a, a previously published work or whatever. Mm. Uh, I did not see both of you guys going for Aunt Bethany, man. That's 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 funny. Yeah. At the Rockets, play ball. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna take another short break uh, for some more promos, and we come back. <laughs> We're gonna finish up our talk on uh, uh, Christmas vacation, and I have a. Fun little bonus segment that we're going to do before we close out the show. So we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Don Brody, a comedian with a history degree and the host of the podcast Hilf. History I'd like to fuck. Each episode, I am joined by a new guest who has brought me a subject from history that they want to know more about. Then I hit the books, I dig deep in the annals, and stimulate. <laughs> We've covered Frankenstein, Houdini, Joan of Arc, Pompeii, the Salem Witch Trials, right? Ugh. Join us. 
and find out for yourself that history is a party and everybody's coming. <laughs> I'm Chris. And I'm Deb. And we host a pretty fun podcast called Today We Laughed and Learned. You know, this is where we discuss all the things we should have learned, but well, never did. And we have quite a few laughs along the way. Today We Laughed and Learned with Chris and Deb. We're curious about everything. Experts on nothing. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. Here we go. All right, we are back from that break. Uh, this is the last thing I have for this uh, discussion tonight. Uh, if you were recasting this film for a modern audience, who would you cast in it? Um, I came up with an actor and actress for Clark, Ellen, Eddie, Todd, and Margot. Um, but I'm willing to hear anybody you have for any category. It doesn't have to be all of them. could be one of them, you know, whoever, because this is kind of like one I just kind of threw out there at the last minute. Uh, but I'll give you mine for now. Uh, for Clark Griswold, I have Colin Hanks, son of Tom Hanks, who is a uh, comedic actor. He's lanky like Chevy Chase was. He's uh, uh, he, he does the physical comedy. And he's in the age range that uh, Chevy Chase was when he played Clark Griswold as well. Uh, for Ellen, I have Kristen Bell who is also in the Beverly D'Angelo Ainge range. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's like funny because like Bev D'Angelo is probably like out of Clark's league, but you still, yeah. believe, you still believe that they were a loving couple. And I feel like Kristen Bell would be kind of out of Colin Hanks league. <laughs> mm-hmm. For Cousin Eddie, I went with Jason Sudeikis, who had some of his most popular success recently with the Ted Lasso show on Apple. Um, so he's funny. Uh, he's a good ad libber, and he can do the uh, he can do the Eddie accent as well. For Todd, I went with Jason Bateman. I just think he mm. has Jason Bateman energy. Mm. And for Margot, I went with Kristen Wiig. Mm. Those are very good selections. Mm. So, thinking about it, I only come up with one so far. Okay, think about some other ones, but with Chevy Chase's character. I thought maybe Ben Stiller. I thought Ben Stiller as well. I also thought Vince Vaughn. Mm. Uh, Vince Vaughn, yeah. but I don't know if like both of them might be a little like kind of aged Long out of the, the role future. at this yeah. point. Um, but I think they probably still could could do it. I also thought of um, uh, maybe like Seth Rogen or somebody like that too. But ultimately, I went with Colin Hanks just because I feel like he has yeah. that like Chevy Chase energy. You see, for Clark, I could see, um, I could see Daniel Day Lewis. <laughs> you know, he puts getting, himself getting into, all getting all method, uh, yeah, with putting up the Christmas lights into and... it. Yeah, <laughs> I could see him. He would actually, going up to Canada and... he would actually get down and dig the tree out of the ground himself, <laughs> just so he could show that he did it. <laughs> By the way, how did they get that fucking tree out of the ground? <laughs> I don't know. He didn't have a saw to like, dug it out with what, what? his hands. He pulled it out of the ground with his car. Yeah. <laughs> he could have walked. 
the girl almost froze to death walking out there. The car wasn't going to make it out there. Come, this was the eighties. Car, station wagons were not. Oh, the dude, that was a wood paneled station wagon. Oh, that yeah. could do everything. That was not going through. That, that, car, that, that was car, a wood paneled station that car wagon. It could go through everything. Right. Yeah, but not four feet of snow. <laughs> he did. There is like a deleted scene, I think, where he talks to Eddie about how he dug it out of the ground himself or something like that. Mm-hmm. He asks like the person on the tree farm for a shovel and or for an axe, and all they have is a shovel. And so like he actually digs the roots out or whatever. Um. So here, uh, let's go to my little bonus segment here. So if anybody just uh, listening to the show happens. To be a member of either SAG or AFTRA, uh, I am not a supporter of AI in Hollywood using AI to write scripts or what have you. Uh, that being said, as a tech support specialist for my school, I have been charged with researching AI and its practical use in the classroom. So I've been having some fun with ChatGPT lately, <laughs> and I recently went on there and asked it three. Uh, to write me three separate summaries of National Lampoon's Christmas as various other genres. So here's what ha- here's what it came up with. I asked it to rewrite it as a horror movie by body horror director David Cronenberg, best known for The Fly and Videodrome. Uh, a horror film by John Carpenter. And a gangster drama by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> and this is what ChatGPT came up with. So here is Christmas Vacation by David Cronenberg. In a surreal tale of familial chaos, the Griswold family's Christmas turns into a nightmare as their home becomes a twisted playground of body horror. Through a series of grotesque events, an eccentric father's attempts to create the perfect holiday gathering spiral into a surreal descent into madness. The house that seems to warp and contort, reflecting the inner turmoil of the family as they navigate a terrifying Yuletide experience filled with dark, visceral imagery. Okay. I think I just watched that movie on that fucking Christmas Plus channel recently. (laughs) Uh, If John Carpenter wrote Christmas Vacation, the Griswold Uh family's festive celebrations take a chilling turn when when their suburban neighborhood transforms into a sinister Uh landscape. Bless you. As a blizzard traps them indoors, strange things occur. The once cheerful house becomes a claustrophobic nightmare, and the family discovers they are not alone. A malevolent presence lurks, turning their holiday cheer into a fight for survival against an otherworldly force lurking in the shadows. <laughs> so it's like you can only see it with special sunglasses. It's like the <laughs> thing meets uh, meets Christmas Vacation, and then the last one is uh, a gangster drama by Martin Scorsese. Set in the backdrop of the Christmas season, the Griswold family becomes entangled in a web of of high-stakes misadventures. The head of the household, a determined patriarch, orchestrates a series of extravagant but increasingly disastrous schemes to create the ultimate Christmas experience for his family. As his plans spiral out of control, alliances are tested, secrets are unveiled, and the pursuit of the American dream takes an unexpected and dramatic turn. Reminiscent of the quest for power and control. <laughs> Russ takes over the family. Russ takes over the family, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the movie ends with the door shutting on him as Audrey watches from a distance in horror. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mike, do you have any beer trivia or history for us this evening? I have some beer trivia for you boys. A beer engine 
is a manual <laughs> pump with a large handle used in traditional pubs in the UK to draw beer from a cellared cask to dis- to, dis- to dispense at the bar. Mm, I wish I had a beer engine in my car. Mm. <laughs> you wish I had an engine in your car. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had an engine in my car right now, too. <laughs> so how are our drinks this evening, gentlemen? I'm feeling really good God. right now. <laughs> I'm feeling good. I moved on to the frosted sugar cookie from Southern Tier. Good too. It is a 8.6% alcohol by volume. I think you left me Super one of those sweet. in my fridge. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I think I still have one in my fridge. So I was doing okay with my uh, with my Woodford Reserve earlier, but I think when I did my taste test, where I took a shot of both that and the Buffalo Trace, and then you got hurt, and then continued to drink my Woodford Reserve mixed with ginger ale, is when the slurring started. <laughs> <laughs> what slurring are you talking about? That was early on, man. I mean, that was like four hours ago. <laughs> I was drinking with dinner too. So, <laughs> all right. So thank you, everybody, for joining us this evening for our uh, seventh season finale, episode 133, which was a deep dive into the 35th anniversary of Christmas Vacation, lovingly titled Shitter's Full. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it for you. Uh, remember, you can drop us an email at filmsoffermentation at gmail.com. Uh, Iowa, I'm talking to you. <laughs> You can also go to linktree.com slash films of fermentation to find all our social media podcast links. Remember, we are on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram. We're everywhere and all we're on all podcast platforms. Uh, you can support the show by going to Patreon or buying our merchandise at teespring.com. You also find out about more uh, more about our podcast and other podcasts that belong to the Deluxe Edition Network by going to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. But then. Don't forget, we will be returning for our eighth season premiere in a couple uh, weeks because we're going to be taking some time off for Christmas and New Year's. Our next new episode will be, as I said earlier, January 9th, 2024. That is Tuesday, January 9th. Uh, for that, we are going to be doing our usual topic that we do on our season premieres. It's episode 134. We're returning to one of our favorite topics movies that time forgot each of us will be picking a movie from our youth that we uh we really appreciate it when we were young but you don't hear much about anymore and uh it usually turns into a pretty fun discussion so we look forward to having you guys join us for the season eight premiere in the french connection (laughs) in the meantime i'm leo i'm kevin i'm mike thank you for all your support and thank you for helping us with that seventy-five thousand seven hundred percent increase in, in, in listenership keep on downloading to all the 18 countries out there please spread the word to the rest of the countries and to you people out there in iowa thanks y'all <laughs> we'll see you next year cheers 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 the according to buzzsprout it's the, the the hosting site that we yeah. use i i can <laughs> I went, okay, from this, from when we were here, at the beginning of the year, we were like at nothing downloads, that we jumped up to like 30. So that's like 300%. Yeah, like 75, or, 75% is like, or 75,000% is like we went from one listener to 75,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
And then we jumped right. up another one. So I got there's another 200%. So I can see 500%. <laughs> and we've averaged uh, about 350% jump. But I love that. I, 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 I thought it was so I funny. I just, funny. I posted I it on like every single social site we have. I saw. <laughs> Adrian's trying to figure it out. Like, I don't know. Then I went on the bus sprout and saw the stuff. I went, somebody don't know how to do math. <laughs> hey, it's it's all done by an algorithm. I didn't do it. <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> I can barely hear that. <laughs> oh, it's Christmas and holidays. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I guarantee you, because of uh, YouTube's strict copyright laws, that's going to be gonna, You only play so much of it, we're in the clear. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it'll get, it'll get muted. <laughs> <laughs> I put it on the video. I just wanted right. the intro, really. Yeah. <laughs> Let's sample the intro, that's all. All right, here we go.